What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to a special edition of To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I am your host, Jamie Arrington. If you listened to the episode the other night, Jason and I were talking about Southern Miss and our fandom for Southern Miss and what it means to be a Southern Miss fan and what can we do? What can we do to make things better? And after that conversation, we started talking about an interview that I did last year with former Southern Miss linebacker Gerald McRath. And we decided, just for a special edition during the bye week, to re-release that interview with Gerald McGrath. If you haven't heard it before, you really need to check it out if you're a Golden Eagle fan. If you have heard it, it's a great one to listen to all over again. Before we get to the interview, next Saturday, September 30th, 2017, the Golden Eagles taking on the Mean Green of North Texas at The Rock, 6 p.m. kickoff. We'll be there. We're focused. We're motivated. Ready to go. Resting up this weekend. Getting all the housework done so we can be there next Saturday and go all in. So without any further ado, here's our interview with former Tennessee Titan and Southern Miss linebacker Gerald McRath. All right. We are here with Gerald McRath. How's it going today? It's going wonderful. How are you doing? Doing good. Good to hear from you. All right, let's get into it. When did you get interested in the game of football? Oh, wow. Oh, that's a great question. I, w- I would have to say the age of four, probably four. Just stories of stories from my mom. She, she would always tell me that, uh, for one, I was a little bit bigger than everybody else and definitely bigger for my age. Uh, so I was always playing with kids older than me. And, you know, at that age, we would play Sandlot football, so – think at the age of four once I find out that you can actually be on the team and, and have a jersey I think they kind of kind of stuck with me from there so I think the age of four is when I started to to show the interest and at the age of five is the first year that I played so you played pretty much I mean the majority of your life you've been on the football field pretty much <laughs> pretty much <laughs> Um, you went to now. If I pronounce this wrong, forgive me. Is it McEachern High School? Yes, McEachern High School. You, that's that's awesome. All right, I, I will I will jack stuff up <laughs> on this podcast. I have no problem mispronouncing anything, especially with all these the, the guys that come from Louisiana. I'm going to jack that up every time. Um, <laughs> but uh, McEachern, you had a you had a great career there. At what point did you realize you might have the opportunity to play college football? No. I kid you not. This is my story. So um, I, I'm from Georgia originally, born at Austell. Um, and so I was – my ninth grade year, I actually played ball at South Cobb High School. And South Cobb is – my teacher was a rival. And so my parents moved, which my dad was, was a whole lot smarter than me in understanding that my teacher and then, um, the resources that they provided with the coaching staff that they had, it would have pro- provided a better opportunity for me to be seen um for college to be honest with you at that age i had no idea that football was possible on the next level to be honest with you all the way up through my whole career i've always been living in the moment not not looking at um what's what's coming after that but just enjoying the moment with the guys i did not want to leave south cop um i cried my the coaches tried to find a way to keep me there um, you know, that year I played, I played football freshman, got moved up, um, to varsity at South Cobb. So I was looking at, you know, hopefully coming back next year, possibly competing to be on varsity. Um, I played baseball and wrestled. And so moving, um, moving from where all the kids that I knew to go to the rival high school was not, um, uh, was not on my to-do list or my bucket list. Um, but once I got there, my 10th grade year, um, they, you know, the program was so much different. You only played one side of the ball because they had so many kids. So that's when one of the coaches, they, I mean, they kept me on defense. I played running back my whole life, running back and linebacker for the most part. Um, and they, they kept me a linebacker and the coach, coach, uh, Jones, my linebacker coach, my 10th grade year pulled me aside, uh, one day after the practice and said, uh, you know, have you ever thought about going to college? 
And I told him, uh, yeah, I mean, I only have an option either to go to college or the military uh, from, from what, you know, what I hear from my parents. And so, you know, he, he sat me down and said, I, I really think you'll have a shot to play college ball. First time I ever, um, ever even uh, kind of thought about the idea. And later on that, some, later on that spring, I got my first uh, questionnaire from Vanderbilt when they came through the school. And I mean, it was downhill from there. What was the what was your time like at McEachern? How was the how was the team? Uh, you were obviously pretty successful. You had got some accolades. I know your senior year um, from the local press. Oh, it was it was awesome. Um, McEachern. The crazy thing about it, McEachern is it used to be a junior college. So the campus in itself is set up kind of sort of like a college. The classes and everything set up kind of like college so as far as being college prepped um academically it was wonderful the the resources with the different sports and um the funds that they had provided a lot of different opportunities for myself the um the neighborhood of of power springs i mean it it was the, the neighborhood and community was awesome the competition was was awesome as well um i mean i really i really learned a lot about football, learned a lot from a lot of great, great men, great coaches that um, definitely helped get get me seen. Um, in the especially coming from the Atlanta area, um, with all the talent around, but McEachin really, really helped uh, put me out there and, and give me that gave me that platform to uh, hopefully be successful in the future. You had several offers your senior year, and I think in the end, if I recall correctly, it came down to Southern Miss and Auburn. What did what made yep. you choose Southern Miss? Oh man, it was that. That that has probably been was the toughest decision of my my lifetime at that moment. Um, but to be honest with you, coming coming from after being at McEachern and only playing one side of the ball, we had another. Another great star, uh, C.J. Barrows, oh, yeah. that actually came to Southern. That actually came to Southern Miss Whitney. We, me and him, both um, at that time, both se- both seniors were getting highly or heavily recruited. And man, it, come man, every week you look in the Marietta Marietta Journal, the AJC, and it's like, man, you see C.J.'s picture on the front, and I'm like, man, like, oh my gosh. It's not all the way. It's not always about offense. Like you know, I play. We play great defense too. And so it was like, man, I don't want to be in the offensive shadow my whole life. Like you know, and so I remember coming to my first game, uh, my first Southern Miss game when they played Central. They played South Florida, um, 2003, and I remember coming into Hattiesburg and they had a picture of Rod Davis on on highway on highway 49. On Highway 49, right across from the school, it had a picture of Rod Davis, and he, he it showed where he was Playboy All American. And I was, that was the first thing that stood out. I was like, "Oh my God, defense is!" I mean, people are coming to see defense. I went to the game, and I've never seen a defensive performance. I've never seen the excitement um, in person at that point. And just, I mean, it, that really, really stood out. All the other places I would go to, especially at that time, Auburn had uh, Brandon Jacobs come in, Trey Smith, Cadillac, Ronnie Brown. So, I mean, it's like an offensive, offensive uh, show. I mean, they had some great guys on defense, but when it came down to it, I mean, I love the attention that the defense got, the nasty bunch. And I was like, man, I got to be a part of this. And at the end of the day, with uh, Coach Tyrone Nix being the defensive coordinator and and just his style, I mean, it was a no-brainer. What was the adjustment like coming to Southern Miss? Um, everything that I expected and more. Um, and when I say that, just just to you know, I of course coming from a teacher and I've been around uh, the comp- level of competition and then playing. Uh, I also wrestled as well and. Uh, wrestling we we won state twice two years two years back to back so being on a, a form of a championship team you kind of understand what it takes to be successful in the work that you hard work that you have to put in so coming in and seeing how the guys work 
I, I understood why Southern Miss had been successful. I understood why defense was as successful as they've always been because, I mean, we, I mean they worked coming in and seeing Rod, uh, I mean, not Rod, but um, Michael Bowley, uh, Cash, those guys. Um, I mean, it, it was the, the, the perfect, the perfect storm. The, I mean, just the perfect pitcher for me to be able to watch Mike. I mean, to watch Michael Bowley play and to watch him practice, he made the game look easy. And I, and I was nowhere near that. And, but when I got there, it was like, okay, if I'm going to pick anybody to mimic, or if I'm going to pick anybody to work to, to, to get to, or to uh, hold my standards up to, it's going to be 27. And from day one, I mean, I, I strive to be. I mean, I strive to be as good as he was, and even better. Um, but to be, but in order to do that, you got to have those that that type of caliber player or players. And at the time, in Southern Miss, I mean, they had them. Regardless of the rest of the nation knew, I mean, they were there. What was it like playing for Coach Bauer? It was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, at the end of the day, Coach Bauer, he, I mean, he wasn't just a coach, but he was almost a, a father away from, from, from your father, so to speak. You, you're at Southern Miss and it's not just, uh, you're not just a player for him, but I mean, it's almost like you're his kid. <laughs> you're yeah. fun. I remember, I, I tell people all the time, I remember I had a, I had some, some, tire some some car issues i had a, a flat and i needed to get a spare and i didn't know where to go hasburg and i mean i just went up went up and spoke to coach bauer and i mean he gave me a number said hey go see this guy he'll take care of you um and i mean it's the little things like that i mean his standards that he had for us it was never about it was i mean it was about winning but at the end of the day it was about doing the little things Making sure you go to class, making making sure that you look presentable um, when when we're on the road or we do eagle walk. Making sure that we're well dressed, things like that. Things that once football is over, they can carry you into being a, not only just a great husband but a great father as well. And I think that all the players that have played for Coach Bar, I mean, we have that same similar feeling that he he didn't just care about the wins and losses, but he cared about the well being of, of of his players. You redshirted during the 2004 season, and before the 2005 season started, Hurricane Katrina hit. What was that time like for Southern Miss football? It was, man, it was unpredictable. I, I mean, unpredictable at the at the least, so to speak. And it's crazy because we had a lot of a lot of adversity hit that year um, before the season, and then you know, at the beginning of the season and then trying to battle through just to get through the season, especially with a lot of guys being from that Louisiana area um, and the coast area. I mean, it, uh, I don't think a lot of people understand. It. I mean, it really hit home to a lot of those guys. I know for the for a short period of time, my parents didn't even know, um, you know, what was going on with me just because there was no, no form of communication. Um, but to you know, but to battle through, I think that I mean, I mean, it's the Southern Miss way. I think that season, I think that season kind of identified with what Southern Miss, not just the athletics, but the school in general, is all about. And I mean, it's it's you have that blue collar sense. You you go to some schools and you know, it's sort of white collar, um, a little preppy. Southern Miss. I mean, I, I feel that the whole university itself. Are just a, a group of a group of uh, people who who had who have had to work for everything that they've got. Nothing has came easy, but it's okay because that's that, that's what they're about and that's what they're made of. And I think that that 2005 season kind of capitalized and uh, showed that. I don't think people realize how much you guys were. I mean, like you said, it was a lot of uncertainty. But if I recall correctly, I think they took the team up to Memphis to train and then back down to Alabama for the game. It was just, you know, it's crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. We were we were taking showers with bottles of water, eating hot dogs out of a pan. I mean, for the most part, I mean, they were the coaches were were trying to get around just to find the guys because we didn't even know 
where everybody was and trying to make just account for everybody. Um, and like you said, to go, I mean, we practiced in Memphis for two weeks, you know, two weeks, then head straight from Memphis to Alabama <laughs> to play a game. Um, so, I mean, it was, and then, I mean, it was, it was crazy by far, but at the end of the day, um, going through Katrina, I'm, I'm blessed to have went through it were at, at Southern Miss and being with the guys because I mean that it, it truly is a family. So having them, you know, really, I mean, it helped the days go by. So I mean, it, it you know we struggled, but we struggled together. And that first game at Alabama, um, you you score. That's your first game. You score the first points of the season, taking uh, a birdie curl interception back thirty two yards for a touchdown. What was that moment like? Yeah. Out of body experience, I it's crazy. I I scored the touchdown and I come to the sideline and um my my buddy C, CJ he's on the sideline like man you just scored and all I could think about was is like man when am I gonna wake up like what is going on I mean it 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 was it was it was crazy I mean it 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 was crazy it was beyond I mean I. It's priceless, to be honest with you. I still can't believe it myself. Um, but it, it was a great moment. It was a great. It was a great experience. Some that's something I'll never forget. You suffered an injury after a couple of games in that season, but you ended up getting a medical red shirt. You come back the next year and, and had an amazing year. You know, freshman All American, All Conference uh, freshman, third team All Conference. What was that 2006 season like for you? It was rough. It was rough. Um, I and I tell people. Well, a lot of people don't know, but um, you know, I had. That's the first year that I that my position changed. I originally was out. Originally was recruited for outside to play outside linebacker. Um, two weeks before we played Florida, uh, Coach Hop moved me inside, which I, you know, I could do, but I'm was comfortable outside, and so. Um, he moved me inside, and I didn't do too well at the beginning of the season. I, little, I struggled a little bit. Um, and so then having to move back outside at the time, James Denley, who took over the outside position when I moved in, was he was having an incredible, incredible starter. And, um, and so it, it, was, it was tough because I didn't move back into a starting role. I actually had to come off the bench for a few games, especially when we played uh, NC State. I was rotating in um, outside, so I didn't start for, you know, probably half of the season. Um, and it was, you know, it was tough. It was tough. And I, one thing that I can say, my dad. Um, I mean, my dad. He was there from from day one, um, and he really motivated me and just helped me to continue the same work ethic and the same mentality that I took, um, every, you know, previous to come out. Don't worry. Everything will take care of itself if you do what you're supposed to do and prepare to be a starter. And I mean, it just so happens some injuries and things happen that moved me back into a starting role at the middle linebacker. And I mean, I just try to take advantage of the opportunity that was presented in front of me. Uh, and everything really from there was kind of downhill. After facing the 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 red shirt, then the medical red shirt. And then having being a starter, switching positions to coming out the bench. At that point in time, I had faced so much adversity to to still be there and to still have that opportunity. I kind of gained a little bit of confidence in myself to be able to battle through some things with you know through through hard work. And so, I mean, that really molded that really molded me um, to the person that I ended up becoming. Yeah, at the end of that season, I mean, you had a, you had a monster game in the GMAC Bowl. Thirteen tackles, three of those for a loss. I mean, you kind of found your groove as the season went along. Yep. Well, you come back your next year, your sophomore year. Uh, you were the 2007 Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year. What did that honor mean to you? Um, it, I, I was grateful. I was humbled. I was humble, and I and I say I was humble because uh, that year, the man, my the defense that I was playing with was awesome. I mean, I was around some awesome, some awesome guys, and I think people that watched us knew that we uh, kind of shot ourselves in the foot a few games, uh, especially the UT game. 
Um, we, we, you know, we, I, I had a great defensive line. I had a senior defensive line, had a great secondary, had, uh, my linebacker core on the, my left and my right was just amazing. I had Tumbo, um, who was knocking out, <laughs> he was knocking out <laughs> quarterbacks. <laughs> I had James Denley, then I had, uh, Jerome Lyons, who, who was the, uh, backing me up at middle, man. And, and people don't know Jerome Lyons. He made me a great middle linebacker. I'm, I'm originally not a middle linebacker. He is. He pushed me every single day at practice. Um, I mean, he would watch film with me. We would talk to we'll, him. I'm coming off the sideline. He's telling me things that he sees. I mean, that the defense as a whole, we were a tight unit. And the only reason why I had success is because 10 other guys did exactly what they needed to do, and I was there. Um, to make the plays, um, so that you know that the to be awarded that, and then especially um, having Rod, you know, being in that company of Rod Davis, Davis Thomas, and Michael Foley, and, and those guys, um, it did mean a lot to me. At the end of that regular season, uh, Coach Jeff Bauer was fired. How how much of a shock was that to you and the rest of the team? Yeah, I think it was a huge shock. It was, it was, it was tough. It was tough for me. I can remember being very, 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 very emotional. Um, just hearing the news, um, especially, especially after that season. I mean, we, we came short and I think, um, I think everybody in the locker room understood that it was nothing, it was nothing of Coach Bauer that the games that we, the games that we lost that year, had nothing to do with coaching, but just had had to do so more so with us performing as the players. And I think the players really, you know, if you play the game, you understand. Out from the outside in, you're looking in. I'm older now. You can look at the politics and say, you know, say whatever you want to say. But as a player and a competitor, I mean, they Coach Bauer and the staff they put us in great positions to win. There was no there was no game that I played while I was at Southern Miss that I felt that um that we couldn't walk out with the victory. And I mean that and that's that is, that's probably why I'm very I'm so passionate about Southern Miss um to this day because you know, people may look at us as a small school, but you no, know, the way that we prepared, the way that we worked and trained, and we I mean we we can hang with anybody and we, we can beat anybody. Um so you know to hear to hear of uh, you know Coach Bauer stepping down and and that I mean that was that was kind of tough. It seemed like you guys you know kind of gave it everything you had in that last game that year against in the Papa John's dot com bowl. I mean you could see it in the players, you could see it in the intensity intensity on the field, and it, you know, like I said, it seems like you guys just kind of rallied around Coach and and, and tried to give him one last go before he uh, stepped down. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. If you and when and I say, and a lot of people can say you can look at that at that game and, and see the way we played. But if you looked at the the rest of the games that same year, I mean, we played the same way. And the only difference is, uh, with the only difference in the wins and losses, you know, one or two, maybe three plays in a game. Um, but the way that we played that Cincinnati game, kind of identified our character and just what everything that we're about. I mean, we're going to fight. We're going to play hard regardless of the outcome. You're going to know you play Southern Miss at the end of the day. I think that's what was one of the things that we were always saying in the locker room. They're going to play us. They're going to know that they, they, they've been in the fight. They're going to know who they were fighting as well. <laughs> well, after, after that game, uh, the transition was made. Larry Fedora was hired as the head coach. What was that transition like moving from Bauer to Fedora? What kind of coach was Fedora? Coach, coach Fedora is a little bit more energetic, um, younger, younger coach at the time, um, more more offensive minded, um, so to speak. So with the change of the offense, it it was kind of tough because being coming in and you know wanting to come to Southern Miss for you know for the defense. Uh, that you know you 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 kind of wonder you're like well what is what's going to change with us uh i just know that from learning from learning through 
coach uh, Nix and then uh, Jay Hobson and just knowing the defenses and learning them. Like by by the time of after my sophomore year, I knew the playbook front to back. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was I was ready and to you know wondering, okay, what is next year going to be like? I got to learn something all the way over. Now, is that going to slow down my processing speed? Am I going to be able to play fast? You know, um, and so you know, you you just don't know. So with anything you don't know, you tend to worry about. So. Uh, you know, just, I mean, it was almost uh, basically you starting over. So everybody was a freshman again, <laughs> so to speak. You know, you're trying to prove yourself, um, trying to prove yourself to the, the coaching staff and set yourself, um, you know, trying to win a job, basically. And that season, you know, kind of you kind of had a rough stretch early in the season, but the team just was very, you know, never gave up, bounced back to win the New Orleans Bowl and keep the streak of winning seasons going. What was that 2008 season like for you? Best, best team I've – that's by far the best team or my favorite team to have been a part of. And it's crazy to say that because the way the season went was not the best way that um, – you know, we would have liked it. But one thing I can say is the team had the heart. The heart of the team was, it, it, I mean, I can't even describe it. The, the character in the locker room, the work ethic with the guys, the accountability, the determination to continue to work and find a way and to compete, to compete when all odds are against you. Um it's the it's it's the best that I've been on the environment, um, the the family, the the family camaraderie that we had together. I mean, it, by far that that was a special group. Because in order to do what what that what that group accomplished, you had to be special. Oh, absolutely. I don't know too many. I don't know too many people who could continue to come out and work the way that that we worked. And when when I say work, a lot of people don't they they see Saturdays, but we, 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 I, I remember we lost the UTEP double overtime and I remember coming out Sunday and every, and we're, and we working like <laughs> we're, we're working like we're trying to, we're trying to win this national championship. And that, that, that's special. I mean, that's special. Um, and so, and then at the same time that year, there were a lot of games that were, that were decided. <laughs> that were lost on, on maybe one play or so that that would have changed the whole outcome. Um, especially like you, you go back and you look at the Auburn game. I think we had five or six turnovers that Auburn game um, oh, yeah. on defense. Um, so it, it wasn't a question of heart. It wasn't a question of want to. It wasn't a question on um, effort. Is you know, sometimes in, in football, I mean, it's just the way it goes. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna battle some type of adversity, but at the end of the day, I tell kids now, I mean, your char- that is when your character is shown. What will you do when the adversity strikes? And that, I think that was the most adversity that uh, had struck Southern Miss, you know, you know, prior to uh, any other day, any other times. Um, and I think the group answered well. And I'm I'm proud to be on that group. You finished your career with 386 tackles. I mean, that's ridiculous. Ranking third in Southern Miss history. What were some of your favorite memories at Southern Miss? Oh man, um, it's tough because some of my some of my top games were games that we lost. So that's always a tough one. Um, I do recall playing against UCF and that week I remember it like it was yesterday because I watched film I would go in I would watch film on Sunday and Sunday and Monday on the next team and I would kind of get a feel for how you know how the coaches would call the games and how the games went and at that time they had uh, Kevin Smith Kevin Smith was the running back at Central Florida and, um, and they were giving him the ball 30, 30 to 40 times a game. Like, they is power lead, and I'm like, this guy's he's like, it's going to be a running game. And I'm just watching him, and I'm like, man, 
I'm gonna get twenty tackles this game. And I told and I told Tumbo, I told Tumbo about practice. I'm like, man, Tumbo, I'm gonna get I'm, I'm gonna get twenty tackles this game. And so we playing the game, and no, I'm not thinking when I play the games, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm not counting or or, or anything like that. At that point, I'm just playing, and I remember, uh, I remember we end up coming short with that game, and I'm going inside, and I'm. I finished talking to the reporter, and the reporter said, uh, "By the way, you had 21 tackles. Did you know?" And I stepped, and I and I I was walking out the door, and I I paused, and I stuck my head back in the door, and I said, "How many did you say?" <laughs> said he said you had 21 tackles, and I just walked in. I walked in, and I didn't say anything else. I'm like, "You got to be kidding me! Like 21 tackles, and I'm still lose the game? Like, come on now!" But uh, that that was a memorable game. Uh, the Alabama game is always going to be rememberable, and um, the two other ones that I had were Arkansas State at Southern Miss, the last game of the season. We stopped them on the last play. Oh yeah, um, they went for it. That one and the New Orleans ball against Troy. Uh, that, yeah, and that New Orleans that, Bowl, that was a gosh, what a game! <laughs> that, I think that it's, I don't even think you had to see the rest of the games of, or or keep up with us, but I think the New Orleans Bowl game kind of it, it replayed and recapped our whole season <laughs> and what we what we had been through to that point. So that that was that's definitely uh, top three. Well, you had. You had one year of eligibility left, but I mean, you'd already been at Southern Miss for gosh, four or five years already. <laughs> um, you declared for the NFL draft. What was that draft day experience like for you? Oh my gosh, it was the longest, toughest day of my life. Oh my gosh, I, I don't, I, I can't watch the draft anymore. People ask me now, did you watch the draft? No. After the, after being in the draft. I said, I'm not watching this again. I'm not being a part of this. There's no way. Um, to be in a room, to be in a room and have to wait to see if you have another opportunity to play, um, that that's so tough. It's so tough. And you and 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 I say it's tough. Not saying, not doubting my abilities, but you see the rest of the world, the rest of the guys who compete, who work out just as hard as you do, and and you you just think about it and say, okay, numbers-wise, there are more people in this draft than they're going to pick. So at the end of the day, there are going to be some great players, some great guys not even have the opportunity. And so just sitting, sit, sitting back and knowing that there are some guys in the draft with, you know, a great argument um, with their careers as as I did, and just waiting to see if if I was going to be even given the opportunity, and then knowing that I could have came back to Southern Miss for another year, um, it was tough. It was tough. What was the moment like when you got drafted? You got taken with the 130th pick, round four, Tennessee Titans. For my first reaction was, it's about time. <laughs> um, that was my first, that was my first reaction. My second reaction was, um, I'm ready to go to work because there were 31 other teams that didn't take me. So it's like, I want to show you guys that you guys, that the Titans made, um, a great pick and that they, um, that, that I belong, you know, in the, in the league and I, be, I deserve the opportunity to continue my career. Um, so, but at the end of but uh, last but not least, um, a sense of gratitude and just thanks, you know, not only to my parents, but to the university, to all the coaches, to pretty much everybody who had been in contact with me um, up until up until that moment to have um, molded me into the young man that I was at that at that moment to, to be given that opportunity. You know, I was that. I mean, it was a blessing. How did how did it feel to be able to live out your dream of playing in the National Football League? Priceless. Uh, I mean, it, it's 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 all God. 
It's there's nothing on me. It, it. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to even say to to do something that I only imagined, that I only dreamed of. You know, when I was little, I, I would tell my mom. Well, my mom would tell me all the times, like used to just be out there and just playing, acting like you're. You know, I I had. Uh, my first team I played with was the Cowboys. So after my first year, I would keep wearing that jersey. And it's just like, you just be out there in your Cowboys jersey, you know, think, acting like you're Emmitt Smith. And, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's something that I dreamed of, but I never, I never could imagine that. I can, I never um, could have thought of what it would have, what it would be like to be a NFL player. Um, it, I mean, it was amazing. It made it made everything that I had been through, all the injuries, um, all the adversity that I had faced, um, all the times that I had stayed out later and, and worked, all the times that I put extra hours in film. It made everything work, everything, everything. So it it was a sense of um, just a, a great sense of accomplishment, not only not only for myself, but. Um, for my parents as well, because my parents made a lot of sacrifices, um, especially my dad and my mom, to to provide that opportunity for me to even go to McEachin, you know. And then, yeah. like I said, like if I if I didn't go to Southern Miss, I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would have became the the man that I am now. Because if I didn't go to Southern Miss, I don't think that I would have been put or been placed under that level of adversity or that level of everybody's going to overlook you and you're always going to be the underdog. So you're going to have to work harder. I don't think that that would have been placed on me. And I'm, and I'm grateful that I went to Southern Miss. I'm grateful that, that we always were the underdog because it made me work hard, made me work harder and made everybody else work harder. And it, it made me a stronger person. Um, I mean, it, it, it molded me, it molded, it, it, it drove me. It taught me what hard work was. It taught me how to, to appreciate, appreciate what you have, um, and to take advantage of any opportunity that is given and not take nothing for granted. You, uh, your first season in Tennessee, you appeared in all 16 games and then you got your first start against the 49ers. And also in that game, you, Recover the the Forty Niners onside kick at the end of the game to secure the victory for the Titans. Do you remember that? What was that like? Man, you you have done your re- you are oh my <laughs> god you you I don't even think my I don't even think my mom and them know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm yeah, just so, I'm trying to be prepared. That's how we do it at Southern Miss. Man, that was awesome. That was amazing. Um, that week I was backing up David Thornton that played outside linebacker, and uh, David. You know, at the time he was having um, he was having some issues um, medically wise, and so you know I would practice and I would get some reps in practice, um, but never you know didn't know if I was going in or not. All I can recall was I was I was warming up on the field at the Fort Nine uh, Stadium, and my coach comes up to me 30 minutes before the game. He points at me and says, "It's Coach McGinnis," and says, "You're up." And I'm looking at him because I'm like, you, you pointing to me? <laughs> He's like, you're up. And I'm like, I'm up. I'm like, he started me. I mean, but he had a calm face. His face was so calm. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, to be honest with you, I was so grateful to be drafted by the Titans because Coach Fisher and the staff, they had a lot of um, – they had a lot of confidence in me. And so um, that allowed that allowed me to be confident and to be relaxed when I played. Um, so, I mean, I was given the start. And when I tell you it was a wonderful um, experience, it was great. I got to play alongside Keith Bullock, one of the greatest linebackers um, that I've seen or that I've seen in person. Um, and Steve Vitelli, who's still playing with the Detroit Lions now, um, I mean, it, it it was a cakewalk next to those two, the way they communicated. Um, but, I mean, it was amazing. It was memorable because never in a million years, if you would ask me, hey, you, you know, you're going to start, 
against the 49ers. Um, against Frank Gore, um, Vernon Davis, your 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 rookie year, without I, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have laughed at you. And it was like, yeah, I hope so, but yeah, probably not. You were somebody that was, you know, very active in the community while you were in Nashville. You were, I think, you were well received by the fan base. What was your time like in in, in Nashville? Oh, it was wonderful. Same, the same as Hattiesburg, uh, another home. Um, I, everybody, everybody in Nashville was so warm, you know, warm welcoming and, um, being in the community. I mean, that's second nature, second nature to me after coming from Hattiesburg. That, that is one thing that, um, once I got to the league, I mean, it was, I mean, it, it was a no brainer. It was a no brainer with the work that we did, uh, as students in the community, Hattiesburg, um, you know, it just taught me to, you know, stay connected to your community, to always reach out because there's always somebody uh, who you can touch, who who your story can motivate and help. And, you know, it, I mean, to be honest with you, so Southern Miss kind of paved the way to show me how to do things, um, do things the right way or, or the way that I may like to do things. So I kind of just um, try to devote myself to give back, um, to give back with, you know, the opportunity that I, I did have with that platform of being a professional athlete. You know, I think today in society, um, there's so many role models, but just because you're a role model does not mean you're perceived positive, positive or negative, you know, positive or negative. I think you have a choice to be perceived the way that you want. And I think we have so, so many negative role models that the media exploits that it's only right for me it's only right for me to try to give kids that positive outlet to give them hope because i mean the same way like i told you a little bit ago i never could imagine that i would have made it to the nfl it's it's millions of other kids that feel the same way but to be able to motivate them and show them a path to give them a blueprint um it's kind of kind of what i wanted to do once i got um to to the titans Back in July of 2011, you received a key to the city of Hattiesburg. How special was that? Now, that was special. That was special. Um, I didn't know I was receiving it. Uh, my mom and uh, my mom and some other people kind of worked on it, I guess. But that that was special. That that was special. That I think that meant um, meant just as much as to me as the defensive player of the year. Uh, to be recognized in the city because I, I, I love the city of Hattiesburg. Um, I, I tell people all the time, if you have a Southern, if you see somebody with a Southern Miss shirt on, you know that they have been to Hattiesburg, that they <laughs> didn't just go to a regular store and, and buy it because you can't get paraphernalia uh, other than Hattiesburg or that, that uh, South region. Oh, Absolutely. Um, well, your career was cut short just because of injuries, and you converted to uh, the world of coaching. What was it like to get to come back and coach at Southern Miss? Oh, it was awesome. It was it was tough, tough because I was still in that. Um, what I know, I was still grieving. I know that now um, from not playing, uh, and and then especially going through that tough phase that Southern Miss was were going through with the coaches changing. Um, it was tough to, to see, to see everything that you work for, to, to, to experience the success, but then see the kids that came to Southern Miss because of, because of that reason, because of the success and not see them succeed in the way that they had hoped, um, especially more so the seniors, because, you know, it, it's their last year. They don't get that opportunity to change the outcome. Um, so it was a little rough. It was a little rough being there in the doors just because it, it's, it's not what Southern Miss, um, it's not what people were used to. Um, but at the same time, it was good to be there, you know, to, to kind of see, to kind of continue to motivate the guys to be, to, to be with the coaching staff, to learn the ins and outs as far when it comes to coaching. Um, so that I mean that was it was a great opportunity. I, I think that was the the defining moment that uh, that I knew that okay, I'm not playing, but 
I am meant to be a coach, um, that I can do this. I think that that was a great opportunity for me. You've made several stops since then, you know, North Carolina, uh, was it Berry College in, in Georgia? Uh, um, yep. But this past, see, uh, this past, uh, earlier this year, you got to be the linebackers coach for the NFL PA Bowl. And I believe you got to work or you were, you know, there with two other Golden Eagles, Kalen Reed and Mike Thomas. What was it? What I were they? Sure was. What was that like? What were they like in that game? It was awesome. And it was so awesome because at my time at Southern Miss, I spoke to Mike and I also spoke to Kalen and told them that, you know, the, the way that they work, the work ethic that they have, that that would be um that that would be what would give them that opportunity to play on the next level that it's not always about the talent but if you have that work ethic to continue to get better then um then then you're going to continue to grow to whereas talent is only going to stay um stay at the level that that you're willing to work at it on and so being to be to be able to see those those guys uh at a younger stage in their career, but then get to catch them as they're getting ready to process into the draft. It was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. Um, and then also just to be in that, that, to that, that environment, uh, with the NFL coaches, former coaches and, um, but, you know, just, just being around that, that environment was just awesome experience for me as well. Um, but, to to have Kalen and, and Mike to be on the same team with me, I couldn't, I I couldn't have wrote a better story than that. <laughs> well, what, you had to be excited when Kalen got drafted by the Titans. Oh, you better believe it. You better <laughs> believe it. And it's crazy because, like I told you, I don't watch the draft, but I was checking my Twitter feed and I saw that he was picked, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. That's awesome. <laughs> well, uh, what are your thoughts on the new Southern Miss head football coach, Jay Hobson? I think it's a great choice, a great choice. And I'm, I'm not just being biased because he was my position coach either. Uh, coach Hobson is a, he's a Southern Miss guy. And when I say Southern Miss guy, he understands the Southern Miss tradition. Um, he understands what it means to work. Um, he, he loves the city of Haysburg. Um, and he, he knows how to recruit. I think, I mean, I think Jay Hobson is, is the remedy that Southern Miss needs and moving forward. Uh, because Coach Hobson is being my coach, I know that when he competes and when he took the job over, he's not looking at, okay, yes, I'm the head coach of a, a Conference USA football team. No, I, I know that Coach uh, Coach Hobson took over to say, okay, I'm the head coach of a uh, com- of, of a team that is going to compete for a national championship. I know that. Anything he does, he's gonna he's he's gonna do it to the highest level. He's not he's not someone who is going to be complacent with uh, second best. Um, so with that being said, I think it is it is great for the university. I'm super excited. I am super excited that he's back home. Um, I can't wait to go see him. Um, and I just know that he's going to do some great things. What's next for Gerald McGrath? Uh, currently, uh, currently I'm looking to continue to coach. Uh, this year I'm actually going to stay in Nashville. I'm going to coach. I'm coaching secondary at Hillsborough High School in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, hopefully in the next, uh, two, two or three years, I would love to get back into college coaching. Um, but I want to kind of stay at home for a little bit and raise my daughter. Um, she'll be nine next month. So just want to take some time off and, and and enjoy some some family time but also I want to stay into coaching continue to get back to the community um but I'm not exiting college coaching now so any final words for the southern miss fans out there oh my gosh if it has ever been a great time to be a southern miss fan now is the time and I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell Southern Miss fans the same way that I told the players when I played. We can't expect other people to um, to be our biggest fans. We can't. The only thing we can expect is for us to be our biggest fans. And when I say that, um, no more, no more Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and 
and the SEC is the is the top the top football conference or, or whatnot. No, like Southern Miss, is, is, we feel that Southern Miss is the best team out there, and Southern Miss is the best school in America. Then it's up for us to sell ourselves. Um, so every day, anything we do is Southern Miss to the top. Um, and and with that being said, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Well, hey. Well, that's one thing I've always admired about you. You've always been proud to carry the Southern Miss banner. Uh, it's an honor to talk to you today. I appreciate you coming on the show, and, and we'll have you on again sometime soon. Oh, please do. Please do. Look forward to hearing from you guys and and, and, uh, and catching the, uh, the podcast from throughout the season. could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Put you all to shame I could play For North Carolina Ohio State Or LSU You play a good Game of football But Southern Mississippi Is a whole lot better than you season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state